Welcome to Economic Loss Practices podcast series. Today we shall talk about investor consent under SEBI's AIF regulations and the IFSCS fund management regulations. I am Vinod Joseph, a partner in ELP's investment funds practice. I am Paridhi Jain, an associate in ELP's investment funds practice. This is the third of a series of podcasts where we discuss funds and funds regulations in India. In the first podcast, we had talked about categories of funds and in the second, we had talked about terms of funds and extension of funds terms. Paridi, I need your help to research on something and prepare a memo for a client. Sure. What's this about? An AIF with close to a 1,000 investors, needs to get investor consent to appoint an external member to its investment committee. Uh, This AIF needs a consent of at least 75% of its investors by value of their investment in the AIF. Right, okay. The AIF's investment manager feels that when they email their investors seeking consent, the bulk of the investors may not bother to respond, not because they don't trust the investment manager or are unsure of this decision to appoint an external member to the IC, but because they have faith in the investment manager and they don't think the appointment of an external member to the IC is something they should exert themselves over, which gives rise to the issue at hand. Can the AIF deem that it has received the consent of all those investors who don't respond to its request for consent? Well, uh, that seems to be a stretch. I don't think we can say that. What if the email sent to all investors states that if they don't respond by a specific deadline, they would be deemed to have consented? Well, that sounds reasonable, but I'm still not too sure. There is uh, no specific case law on this point or any guidance by SEBI. On a practical note, when an AIF has hundreds of investors, it is not possible to follow up and get each investor to vote on a decision. Even if the fund manager follows up, some investors just won't vote at all. Some AIF regulations require consent ranging from two-thirds to 75%. If the investors fail to vote, the AIF will not be able to move forward. So what's the way out? If it's an AIF with 10 investors and an important decision has to be made, say if there is a significant change in investment strategy, if the AIF relies on deemed consent, I think the regulator may not be too happy about it. I agree. To some extent, it depends on the context. I feel that the regulator is more is likely to be more lenient towards the AIFs with hundreds of investors than towards an AIF with a handful of investors. Even if it's just a handful of investors, there may be instances where the regulator may not mind if the AIF relies on deemed consent. Oh, how can you say that? Uh, Let's use the current case as an example. The appointment of an external member to the IC is a good example of an instance where the regulator may not mind redeemed consent. However, if there's a change in investment strategy or or where the term of an AF is being extended, deemed consent may not be a good idea. This is just my point of view, mind you. I don't have precedence to support what I just said. If one reads the regulations literally, the language where consent is required seems to suggest the need for a positive action from the investors. I'm not too sure about that. However, there has been a recent development which strengthens the case for deemed consent. Oh, is that? What is that development? 
the IFSC's regulations of fund managers also require investor consent in certain specific instances. However, in four instances, the IFSC's FM regulations specifically use the word express consent, meaning deemed consent would not be sufficient. Oh, that's brilliant, which means that where the word express does not qualify consent, consent may not be deemed. Exactly. Mind you, just because the IFSCS FM regulations are introduced about express consent, that does not mean that these words can be read into SEBI's regulations. Right. But in what context do the IFSCS FM regulations use the word express consent? Three times in the context of the extension of a close-ended funds term beyond two years and once in the context of the FME using the portfolio of its clients for investments in derivatives. Hmm. Tell me, Marnod, does it mean the IFSCA would be fine if a gift city venture capital scheme emails its investor on a Friday evening and asks them to notify their consent or deny consent to the exercise of leverage by the scheme before 10 a.m. on a Monday evening, failing which they would be deemed to have consented to the change in strategy for exercise of leverage? It goes without saying that a fund has to follow reasonable processes to obtain deemed consent from its investors. To start with, the timeline for voting would have to be reasonable. Makes sense. However, I do wish both regulators would explicitly state whether consent has to be expressed or if it can be deemed consent in every instance where it is required. Should they also classify on the basis of the number of investors the AIF has? If an AIF has over 100 investors, deemed consent may be sufficient in every situation. While if an AIF has just 10 investors, deemed consent may not be a good idea in most cases. I agree. It won't be easy to set out in black and white whether deemed consent is acceptable or not. Which may be why SEBI did not wade into this issue in the first place. Hmm. Just thinking aloud, what if the consent required is a percentage of the investors actually voting? So if a fund has 100 investors and in a matter where two-thirds consent is required, it would be sufficient if consent is received from two-thirds of the investors out of the total investors who actually vote. The investors who didn't vote shouldn't be counted at all. Then deemed consent won't be required provided the timeline for voting is reasonable. Maybe the regulator should prescribe the minimum period for voting deadlines. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. I have an idea. Why don't we look at how voting is managed under the Companies Act? Good idea. Let's do that. Under Section 114 of the Companies Act, in the case of an ordinary resolution, the votes cast can only need to exceed the votes cast against the res resolution who are actually voting. The same principle applies for special resolutions, doesn't it? The votes cast in favor of the resolution should not be less than three times the number of votes cast against the resolution by members actually voting. Yeah. Why don't SEBI and IFSA use this concept from the Companies Act? Let's hope there's a rethink on this soon and this present and voting concept is incorporated in Indian fund regulations. Yes, let's hope that. And with this, we come to the end of this podcast. We shall be back soon with more podcasts on Indian regulations for investment funds. Thank you. Thank you.